I hope you're hungry, because you're going to be gobbling up the contents of this episode. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> I'm Claire. And I'm Vince. And this is... Friends of Legend! of legend spooky where we celebrate the presence of all the spellbinding friends in our world but we do it all year long there will be tricks and treats though most of the tricks were last episode that's true (laughs) thank you so much to teresa again teresa for suggesting this week's topic this week we're going to be talking all about goblins oh my a big one well a little one but a big one yeah Goblins are everyone's favorite mischievous little naughty boys that scrump around Europe. I don't think I have to do a lot of introduction on this fair friend, because they're they're so abundant in our world. But I do want to talk more details about these guys. And I'll do my very best to avoid using negative language, because a lot of my sources had used harsh connotations about goblins, you know, and and we're not about that. We're trying to become friends with everyone. So I'm going to do the very best I can to paint them in a positive light. So just bear with me there. It's okay to admit that they're little stinkers, though. (laughs) Yeah, they they certainly are. Um, They're they're little little scallywags, (laughs) but we love them anyway. Yep. So let's let's dive in. So first, I want to go a little bit into the the etymology of the goblin name. There is a long string of history related to the naming of the goblin, but what it all kind of boils down to is that it is taken from the Greek word kobalos, which means imp or knave or rogue. So, you know, like all descriptors that you would commonly associate with a goblin. So that makes sense to me. That must be the source of the German word for goblin as well, kobold. Yes, kobold. Kobold comes from a Middle German word, which means cove or cave or cavity. So that kind of harkens to where goblins like to lurk. So yeah, it's all tied together like that. Hmm. And I also wanted to mention, because I had never heard this before, but the female goblin is sometimes referred to as a Goblet. Oh, that's cute. A goblet of fire. <laughs> goblet, like Smurfette. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are tons of tons of critters referred to as goblins or goblinoids all over the world. Hmm. Like bugbears. Yeah. The word goblin, it's, it's kind of like a blanket term that is often used when describing a mischievous or a malevolent fairy. And, you know, fairies and elves also encompass many sort of subspecies. So I'm going to go into a little bit of many different types of goblins today. First, I'll go into what most people think of when referring to a goblin. In the general sense, goblins are small humanoid creatures. They're dwarfish. They're a little stubby. Some are lanky and skinny. Some are stout. 
They will typically be seen with green or grayish or otherwise dark skin. And one of the most distinctive things about them is that they have these very large ears and noses. They've got sharp teeth. They've got thick furrowed brows. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of dress simply in tattered linen or leather clothes. A lot of browns. A lot of nature colors. And I I mentioned I'm not going to try to be mean to them. But they're they're not the fairest to look upon. (laughs) Not the prettiest babies. That's all right. You you don't need physical beauty to be a friend. Do they have any kind of relation to gnomes at all? Because they sound gnome-like, just with some some features that might not be considered fair in gnome standards. Actually, yes. I, I did see in my research that gnomes and goblins are often both considered to be subspecies, subtypes of either elves or the more broader fairies. So they are, they, I would say that gnomes are cousins of goblins. Yes. That's fun. Yeah. In fact, some people consider the Nisa of Denmark to be a type of goblin, which Aww. I thought was interesting. And if you listen to episode one, Roman with Gnomes, you would have heard about the Tomtinisa, which is, you know, typically your, your Yule time gnome friend that's got the long pointy hat, the big nose sticking out. Very cute. You can find it all over uh, Michael's Arts and Crafts stores. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they're only really goblinoid if you forget to feed them. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go just a tiny bit more into the general sense of the word goblin and what the typical goblin does, what it's all about. You can usually find them in caves or rock crevices, like the kobold with the with the cavity in the earth. It lives mm-hmm. in in crevices. Uh, they're not very big, so they don't need a lot of room. You can also sometimes find them living in the roots of ancient trees. That's fun. Yeah, but they're also nomadic, so they will hop from place to place. They don't settle down into into villages or settlements or anything too cozy. But they're they're very adaptable. They're also described as lazy little guys. Or if we were being a little kinder, they're not very productive. They don't have a, a very organized structure of duty. Not not craftspeople goblins. <laughs> yeah, and you know this also kind of depends on the type of goblin. But in the general sense, goblins are hiddenness, if you will. They might squabble amongst each other. They they do tend to live in large groups, but they just love to eat and drink all day and play little tricks on each other. They might play tricks on humans if they find them, but it it's really hard to fairly say what goblins like to do, since there are so many subcultures of goblins. This may fall into what you were saying, that there are so many subspecies of goblins, but the way that you've been describing them, it sounds like they don't like the sun. Are they, like, afraid of or disdainful of the sun or nocturnal? See, I tried to I tried to find more information on that, and it really just depends on who you ask, because some species of goblin will be strictly nocturnal, Others, from what I could tell, just prefer to live underground, so maybe they are more adapted to the darkness. It's really hard to say, because there's just so many, so many. That's fair. Kind of like the, the, what are they called in the Dark Crystal? What, the 
uh, gelflings? The gelflings, yeah. And there's there's different subspecies of gelfling, like the ones that live underground. Yeah. Like deet. Deet, deet. Aw, deet. But anyway, another common trait that most goblins have is that they can shapeshift and disappear at will. So... Oh my. A good characteristic of a little prankster. I didn't know that. That's neat. Isn't it? All right. Now for the fun part. I'm going to talk just a little bit about some of the major sets of goblins around Europe. Yes, there are types of goblins or things considered goblinoids all over the world, but I'm really focusing on Europe right now because these are kind of where they all started out. We can do episodes for years to come on goblinoids, but right now I'm just going to talk a little bit about some of the major ones. Okay. In England, you may have heard of a hobgoblin. Certainly have. So hobgoblins are small, hairy little humanoids that are spirits of the hearth. Hob is a part of the stove. I think it's like a metal plate that you put in your stove and... That is where the name came from. So they hang out in humans' homes and they do chores for the family. Well, that sounds like Tontanisa. Yes, that's right. Some stories will tell of harmful hobgoblins, but most of them paint them in a friendly or a helpful light. Again, sounds like Tontanisa. Yeah, so they are little, they are little goblins after all. Now, this is something I want to see if it brings anything to mind for you, Vince. It is said that the gift of clothes will banish a hobgoblin forever because they are too proud to take it. Does that remind you of anything? Oh, Master's given Dobby a sock. Yeah, yeah, that really reminds me of house elves. So I wonder if house elves were inspired by hobgoblins. They certainly don't look like what I would think of as elves. They look more like goblins. Yeah. The big ears and the pointy noses and the sharp little teethies. Yeah. And the ability to disappear. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But gosh, I mean, the more research I did, the more similarities I found between elves and goblins. And elves is, they're going to be another huge, broad topic that encompasses so many types. Well, certainly. It sounds like we've already begun on that since yeah, goblins and gnomes are elfoids. Yeah, yeah. Creatures of the fae. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but Puck, a favorite character from A Midsummer Night's Dream, is a hobgoblin. Hmm. So that's fun. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Now, hobgoblins are such sweet and helpful friends, but if you mistreat them, if you taunt them or abuse them, then they will transform into a boggart. They transform into boggarts? Yes. Boggarts. Also known as bugbears or boogeymen or bogeymen. I love bugbears. Yeah, I didn't know that they were all the same thing, but boggarts and bugbears are hobgoblins that turn sour. They were they were excessively mistreated, so now, instead of helping out in the home, their sole purpose is to play tricks on humans and cause trouble. Aw, sour friend. Yeah, so you kind of... You did that to yourself. If you have a boggard in your home, it probably means that you were not a very cool host to your hobgoblin. You need to give that bugbear a hug bear. Oh, that sounds like t-shirt material to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's kind of something that the McElroy mentioned in the Adventure Zone. Oh. But, <laughs> so we can't take their IP. Uh, I guess so. 
Some of the some of the specific tricks that boggarts like to play on humans is that they will cause things to go missing. They can cause milk to sour Ugh. and dogs to go lame. Aw. Yeah. Why are you breaking them dog legs? Dog didn't do anything to you. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, Hopefully, I don't know. unless the dog was chasing the hobgoblin that around. That could be. That could be. Aww. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, but boggarts that live in swamps and marshes like to kidnap children. That sounds like a Pokemon Pokedex description in the making. Doesn't it? So that's hobgoblins and boggarts. We've also got imps that hang around in Europe. And if you haven't already listened to episode 8, Scampering with Imps, go back and listen to that and you can get more of a full story about them. But just in a nutshell, imps are considered goblinoids and they're just like flying little devil minions. Very, very cute, very silly. That's so funny to me because I always thought that they were less fae-like and more hellish. Yeah, well... It's a fine line. I guess so. They, I mean, they, they occupy the same niche. Yeah. Little, little prank babies. <laughs> We're still in England. If you make your way up to the English-Scottish border, you might come across a red cap. And I, I heard about red caps from Harry Potter. Uh, do you, do you know anything about them? I remember we looked it up a little bit to try to figure out what it is. It, the name makes me think of a gnome. Yeah, but it's a little less sweet and cozy the way that gnomes have their favorite red hats and they do their garden work. No, no, the red cap is called that because they, well, they inhabit castles along the English-Scottish border. And if you are traveling along and you stumble upon their castle home, then a red cap will come after you and kill you and use your blood to stain its cap red. Mm. So, yeah, if the red cap's hat dries, if the if the blood completely dries, Forbidden then it knows. then it then it dies. <laughs> so it has to consistently kill travelers that go astray and oof. Yeah. Man, that's uh that's not a good gig. No, no, it ain't. So let's stay away from red caps, not to be confused with blue caps, which seem more fairy-like to me than goblinoid. Isn't there a mushroom called a blue cap? Yeah, I think so. Um, blue caps, um, again, not really a goblinoid, but in, just in case you're confusing the two, a blue cap is a fairy who helps miners to mm. to do their work and or they'll help light the way on your mine cart and they will take their payment by taking your silver coins and um <laughs> do they have to keep themselves alive by dyeing their hats blue with blueberries that's really cute i like that yeah that's that's a lot, violets. a lot more innocent than red caps anyway uh last one i wanted to talk about was gremlins Aww. And, of course, you've got the major homage to Gremlins being the Gremlin movie. Don't get them wet. That's right. But, in a nutshell, Gremlins are similar in appearance to the Chupacabra. And they've got spiky backs. They've got large eyes, large ears, sharp teeth. Do they drink goat blood? Don't know about that. But I do know that their main thing is that they sabotage aircraft. Wow. That's a rather modern little deet. Yeah. So... Back in World War II, 
English flight crews would blame gremlins for the accidents that would occur with their aircraft. Oh, little gremlins. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of sums up the major English goblins. In Scotland, the big boy there is the brownie. Oh, brownies. And brownies are, they're a small stature like, like the rest of them. They've got wrinkly brown skin that give them their name. They've got curly hair and they inhabit unused corners of the home and they help with housework like the hobgoblin. I remember seeing that brownies were also listed as a, a subspecies of gnome as well. So there might be, maybe it's a hybrid. Oh, that could be. But it's said that every manor house had a brownie back in the day, and a seat was always left by the fireplace for them. Oh, Scottish Tomty. Isn't that sweet? Yep. In Germany, you've got the kobold. The kobold is usually invisible, but when they do materialize in physical form, they can either show up as a human, an animal, a flame, or sometimes a candle. That's fun. A yeah. candle. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Like, <laughs> I love that. Aww. I love it. Usually they will prefer to appear as a child-sized humanoid. They just look a lot like little elves to me. Hmm. They're usually found living in human homes, and they do chores like so many other goblins, like helping brew beer. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It's a German thing to do. Uh-huh. But they might play tricks on humans if they are neglected, like the Boggart does. Other kobolds will live in mines, or some on ships, helping sailors with their sailor tasks. Interesting. Yeah. Nowadays, the word kobold also refers to the combative bipedal dog-like creature that lives in caves and forests that you will find playing the monster in many different role-playing games. But not in D&D. That's not what they look like in uh, D&D. D&D, they're like dog lizards, right? They're... They're like dragon goblins. Mm. They're supposed to be born from Tiamat, the chromatic dragon goddess with five oh, heads. Oh, yes. Uh, she had a, a stunted son who was the father of all kobolds. And they live underground and they make traps and they're clever little blighters. Oh my gosh. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the German kobold is very different from what D&D would have you believe. Which is unfortunate because the D&D kobold is the first time I ever heard of the kobold. And it made me afraid of them. But now I know that there is nothing to be afraid of when it comes to actual kobolds in German houses. They are sweethearts. So I want everyone to know that. Honestly, the kobolds in D&D are cute in their own way. They're not really friendly towards passers-by, but they've got a, a neat little society. They're Aww. industrious. Yeah. That's worth something. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that we were going to talk just about the European goblins, but I also wanted to mention, just briefly, since we live in America, so I thought I'd just mention this, in Delaware, you have a Pukwudgie, which is also known as the little wild man of the woods that vanishes. I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're unhappy to have to talk about the Pukwudgie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll go into that in a second. Um, <laughs> the Pukwudgie is known especially to the people of the Wampanoag tribes, who believe that they were once friendly to humans, but they're best left alone now. They are ne'er-do-wells at this point in time, the Pukwudgie. They're known to kidnap people, push them off cliffs. Push them off cliffs? Yeah, and use sand to blind them, like, pocket sand! Sha-sha-sha! <laughs> 
And they'll also fire poison arrows at people. Oh, so, man. yeah, leave the Pukwudgie well alone. But the first encounter I had with the Pukwudgie name was the... It's uh, the name of a house of a magical school that must not be named. It is non-canonical to me. Do you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry Claire's? I'm, no. Okay. <laughs> Please no, I adore Harry Potter. I cannot stand Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. No, sir, bub. You'll never let me live it down. I never will. Okay, so as far as pop culture representation of goblins, you know, I really couldn't find anything. Oh, beans. No, just kidding. <laughs> Cheeky friend. The big one is the Tolkien universe. So in Lord of the Rings, you've got... A, it's considered a subspecies of goblin. The orcs. The orcs are giant, aggressive, malevolent goblinoids. Well, the Urukai are giant, but that is more of a mutation sort of thing. Anyway, orcs are they're mean. They're mean boys, and they eat flesh, and they avoid daylight. And orcs aren't just a Lord of the Rings thing. They were also mentioned in the old English Beowulf, which, gosh, I love that story. That's fun. But yeah, they're, they're just a, they're a type of goblin. Who knew? Not I. Also in The Hobbit, you've got the things that they call goblins. They are subterranean, beastly little dudes. They're larger than hobbit-sized, I can tell you that much. And they're described as somewhat frog-like with flat feet and they croak their songs, so they are they are froggy. And they have two throats in the cartoon. Yes, the Rankin and Bass cartoon. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Do yourself a favor. It's the best. Yeah, they've got two throats. They're very scary. They've got these big, massive fangs. They like to eat horses and ponies and donkeys, and they're always hungry. Oh, beans. So, so not not the friendliest of fellows. In Harry Potter, of course, you have the highly intelligent goblin that are pretty intimidating, if you ask me. They're about four feet tall. They've got black eyes, fair skin. Like scary teeth. Yeah, yeah. And they use those scary teeth to just, they just eat meat and roots and fungi in Harry Potter canon. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Hopefully not human meat, but who knows for, for sure. The goblins in Harry Potter are skilled with finances, and of course they run Gringotts Wizarding Bank. They are also crafters of metal. They're known especially for their silver work, including minting wizard coins. Didn't they make the Sword of Gryffindor? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they also speak a language known as gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect language for goblins. And then let us not forget to mention the goblin rebellions that started because wizards were treating goblins like lesser beings discriminating against them, and not allowing them to carry wands, and they still cannot carry wands to this day. Duh, beans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can clearly tell that our goblin friends in Harry Potter are... They're better at magic than a lot of the wizards we see. Yeah, they're magically and socially adept and very competent, and I think wizards are just jealous and maybe a little bit afraid, and I think the goblin rebellions were completely justified. Yeah. But what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Labyrinth. Yay! In Labyrinth, there's a huge variety of appearances with the little goblins. They're so stinking cute. They can be anywhere from a few inches tall to several feet tall. Some have horns. Some have big bulging eyes. Some are David Bowie. Some are David <laughs> Well, okay. Give me just a second on that one. <laughs> um, some are bald. Some have crazy hair. Some have wings, some have a tail, 
And they're not super intelligent. <laughs> There's not much going on in their little brains to speak of. Mm-hmm. They like to lounge around in that movie and drink alcohol and torment chickens. Sing songs. So, yeah, they like to sing little goblin songs. Now, Jareth, the Goblin King, is not a goblin from what I could tell. I, I did do a bit of a deep dive because I didn't want to upset any diehard Labyrinth fans. I like Labyrinth too, but I don't think Jareth is a goblin, but more he made himself their king because when he came across the goblins a thousand years ago, he was amused by them. So so he just made himself their king. Kind of like when when Max in Where the Wild Things Are made, the, made himself the king of the monsters. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you've got the Green Goblin, the iconic Spider-Man villain played by... Or not played by played Norman Osborn. Real life person, Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah, Norman Osborn becomes the Green Goblin, and he's got his little pumpkin bombs, so he's a fun little Halloween scary doodah. And then I think his son Harry becomes the Hobgoblin. Yeah, see, that's gotta confuse people who don't know much about the actual Hobgoblin. So that's what we're here for. Yep. I didn't mean to downplay the the coolness of the Green Goblin. I totally kind of cutified it, but yeah, he he's a pretty he's a pretty bad dude. More like the Bean Goblin. Oh, you got him! Got him! Got him! Of course, I have to talk about RuneScape. Of course, you I am. Do. I am mad for RuneScape. Goblins are a very low level and simple monster in RuneScape. There's a quest that is one of the first quests that you do as a player because. It doesn't take much skill to do, and you have to help the goblins decide which color of armor is better, because they are warring against each other over it. It's pretty great. You love that game. (laughs) And I also wanted to defer to you to tell us about D&D goblins. Well, D&D goblins have been a part of Dungeons & Dragons since pretty much the beginning. The vast majority of campaigns will include goblins, especially for low-level characters just starting out, because they are chaotic evil, usually mob villains that will start out your campaign by, I don't know, kidnapping children or poisoning the watering hole, and they're just... Oh no! They're strong in numbers, but they aren't very smart. They don't have access to magic or impressive weaponry or anything like that. So it's it's just a thing to kind of beef you up. Um, that being said, in, in my campaigns, I like to play against type with goblins and make them silly little labyrinth-like goblins. Oh, yeah. Perhaps the most famous goblin in D&D currently is Not the Brave from Season 2 Critical Role, hmm. played by Sam Regal. Aww. And then I know you wanted to know if there were any Pokemon based on goblins. I know there's Sableye. There is Sableye. Sableye from Generation 3 is a ghost dark type. He lives in caves and he eats jewels and he has jewels for eyes. And he he's very just goblin-like cheeky friend. Mega Sableye, when it mega evolves, oh. it gets the ability Prankster, which is very goblin-y. Ooh. And then in the most recent Pokemon games, Sword and Shield, there's a line of Pokemon that are like imps or goblins. There's Impidimp. Impidimp! Impidimp, Morgrim, and Grimmsnarl. They're all dark fairy types. Excellent. Um, And they're just cute little bat-eared 
fanged pink little babies. Oh my gosh. That do cute, bad-eared, pink little baby things. Aren't except, goblins the best? <laughs> Aren't goblin names the best? Except Grimstarl is green. He has, like, oni teeth, and his body is mostly made of hair. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Yes. You know, the more we talk about goblins, the more I see the parallels between them and their cousins, the gnomes. Yeah. There's there's not a humongous difference between, say, a hobgoblin and and a gnome, a, a German gnome. Well, one that does not live in the mountains, because those are the those are the scary ones, right? Uh oh, the you mean the Siberian gnomes? Yeah. Those are the ones that are half troll, essentially. Oh. But no, I think hobgoblins are most like Tomtanisa. I wonder what the difference is between a goblin and well, like if you had a giant goblin and a troll. Wonder what the differences would be. I feel like bugbears are bigger goblins. At least in D and D, bugbears yeah. are medium-sized creatures. They're long, lanky. Sorry, long, lanky. They have floppy ears. Whereas trolls are big. They're beefy. Yeah. They're full of constitution. Yeah, they've got their big old clubs. Yeah, little goblins. They're so they're so wee that they can't really rely on clubs for their weapon of choice. They will carry around spears and knives. Mm. If, little if bows they, and arrows. Yeah, and little bows and arrows if. If they do arm themselves. But, gosh, I mean, really the takeaway from this episode is that there are so many goblins. There sure are. And I love them all. They're just so amazing, so diverse, and such fun little guys. I'm so glad that we did this episode. Me too. And now let's talk about how to become friends with these little guys. I want to be friends with all of them. I do too. Maybe not the Pukwudgie, but... Mm, tell your grandparents to watch out for the Pukwudgie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Mimi and Deke. They live in <laughs> Delaware. Oh, my goodness. I don't see them going out into the wilderness too much, but yeah. who knows. Anyway, yeah. The European little friends, little European goblins that are above ground seem to be our best bet for friend material. Depends. It totally depends on the type of goblin as far as your approach to becoming friends with them. Some require no more than just the acceptance of a human family and, and to be treated fairly. You know, they don't have these, they don't have these complicated desires. They just need a hob to gob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't try to pull one over on your goblin friend, especially you've got like the Harry Potter goblins who are pretty skeptical creatures to begin with. So just don't try to shortchange a goblin ever. Mm-hmm. You know, just treat them fairly. Treat them like they're a member of the family. And with most of these types of goblins, you will be in good shape. And I can imagine them being a good a good playmate for your kids, too. Maybe, especially a, a hobgoblin or a brownie. Yeah, you need to just make sure that it's uh, been somewhat domesticated first, I imagine. Yeah. Otherwise, you might find that it's run off with your kid. Oh, dear. <laughs> now it's time for our friend rating. Friend rating. If you haven't listened to our show, I think this is a great episode to start on. I agree. We give all of our friends a rating on our four-tier scale just to help you prepare for how easy this process will be. The first tier is friend-shaped. This kind of friend would take you to a haunted house on Halloween, and they would hold your hand if you were scared, and they might even cover your eyes. Aww. Yeah, think of something like a naga. Next up from there is Cheeky Friend. This is going to be the kind of friend who enters the haunted house with you at the same time, but ends up speeding ahead and leaves you behind to deal with all the terrors Rude! Rude! I know. Think of something like the milk hair. Oh, yeah. It would. It would. Next up, we've got Spicy Friend. This friend would take you to 
a more interactive haunted house where the actors can shove you around and poke you. Oh man, I cannot imagine that would be so scary. Think of something like the Thunderbird. Lastly, we have not a friend yet. This is going to be the kind of friend who asks you if you want to go to a haunted house. Then when you say yes, they're going to chloroform you and they're going to put you in one of those saw houses. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, think of something like the Mononongle. Goodness gracious. Okay, Vince, what would you rate the goblin? Cheeky friend. Cheeky friend. Yes, they've got imprint all over them, or at least impishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, again, it depends on the kind of goblin you're talking about, but I think Yeah, there's all definitely some all, spicy babies. Yeah. Well, and the, the puck wedgie, they may have once been our friends with humans. Yeah. Not a friend anymore. Yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely think all in all, you've got cheeky friends on your hands, and I do not see myself pushing away any goblin friends that come up to me looking for friendship. Mm-hmm. You've got treats for you. We've got fungi and roots and <laughs> nice slabs of meat for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever you prefer. I bet they eat cat food. <laughs> We've got lots of that. <laughs> We've got lots of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, then please subscribe to our show on whatever service you use. Especially if you're on iTunes, then we would just love if you rated us and reviewed our show. Doesn't take too long to do. It would mean the world to us. Or if you're feeling full of beans, you could even uh, tell a friend about us. Give them a give them a Halloween treat. Yeah, we're pretty family friendly. We like to think that we're happy, positive, not too spooky. Not too spooky. Though the odd episode, like the Mononongle and the Kappa, yeah, might be a little icky. Mm-hmm. But we also have those those disclaimers at the beginning. So yes, we do. Also, I mean, I only just scratched the surface of goblins and goblin stories. And please understand, you know, like the pop culture references, the ones that I mentioned are the ones that most resonated with me and and you probably yep. the the franchises that we love the most. But if you have a favorite goblin story or a favorite telling of goblins and their culture, please write into us and we would be happy to share that on the show or you can just tell us in private. Yeah. Because we certainly don't want to leave anyone out. We only just got to talk about the bare minimum today. Give us your gobs. <laughs> we also have a wonderful website friendsoflegend.com where you can go to see the full roster of episodes you can watch some neat time videos a little neat read some faqs or use the contact form to send us some stuff yeah send us send us your halloween pictures whatever you're dressing your cats and dogs up as this year yeah. send us a meme <laughs> uh-huh we also are on social media you can find us on facebook and twitter and we also post all of our episodes up as videos on youtube uh, one of the episodes, that being the Cockatrice and Basilisk one, actually has video content with it. Yep, yep, sure does, so you can see our smiling faces at ya. And they're purring cats. Mm-hmm. Also, if you have a topic that you would like us to talk about, especially maybe like a wintry topic as we get into the winter holidays, we are so happy to read them and to do research on your favorite friends. It does... It doesn't matter where in the world it's from. We want to do all the cultures. Yep. I've loved that the last few have been listener suggested. Oh, me too. And remember, there are new episodes up every Saturday, so stay tuned. That's right. Thanks again for listening. 
And remember, when it comes to Friends of Legend, charm them. Do not harm them. Goblin down, 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 goblin down, 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 goblin down. Bum, 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 bum. So good. Yay.